On this week's episode of the WNP Podcast, is Bijan Robinson a top 10 pick? Stay tuned. Episode 164 of the We're Not Professionals podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson, and joining me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how are you on this lovely Monday evening? I'm doing swell. Thank you for asking. Bit weird recording on a Monday. I feel like this is something we've probably never done, is recording on a Monday. It's a little strange, but I'm excited because it's going to be a fun sode. How you doing? I am doing fantastic, and I, I think you're spot on there because we've got Bolts broadcast episodes that release on Mondays. So recording on a Monday, I mean, unless it's like midnight, you know, the very early morning of Monday, definitely no shot. We've recorded like this before. Sorry about that. Double-click my mute button because I clear my throat. But, yeah, it's it, – it, it's really strange because, like, you know, we're going to have this release on the Tuesday. And, like, we, I don't know if we ever had anything released on a Tuesday. Um, so, like, it's, it's just a bit out of the ordinary. But, nonetheless, it's always great when we get to talk 2023 draft prospects, no matter which sport it might be. So, I'm very excited. Uh, it's going to be a great episode. We're going to be talking about the running back position for the 2023 NFL draft class. And, potentially... I think of a very high chance this is the deepest position group in this draft class. There's a couple others that I think are going to be really exciting to look at down the line. Uh, trust me, it, it won't be next episode. Wide receiver class looking a little weak as of right now, but Chase and I will dig into that next week, so be prepared for that. But before we get into our draft discussion, we do want to talk about some news around the league real quick. We'll start off with Carson Wentz as he gets cut from the Commanders. Carson Wentz, former second overall pick. The guy was an MVP caliber quarterback going into um, the playoffs in which they won the Super Bowl. However, an injury late in that season uh, cut that short for him, and ever since, he hasn't really looked the same. He's been very turnover prone. He's been very injury prone, and this is a guy who is now on the outside yet again looking to find another job. Yeah, it's, it's really unsurprising based on the production he's given the last couple of years. It, it sucks, though, because Carson Wentz, when he was doing well, was a lot of fun to root for. I think he's kind of on the path where if he wants to, he can kind of be more of a mentor type of quarterback in a quarterback room, someone that won't really play much, but maybe could could go to a couple teams over a couple of years, just you know, bring in the pro mentality and then be done. Or maybe there's a chance he holds out for a starting job, and I don't think anyone would give him that, and maybe he's done playing football. I, I, I don't know. I would really expect that he continues even in a backup role. But nonetheless, it was just a tough go for Carson Wentz. It would have been nice to see him work out a little more than he did, but it's Sam Howell time, baby. Yeah, I think he still finds his way onto a roster. Um, to be a starter, that's going to be extremely questionable. We've talked about how there's four guys in this draft class that can really be true starters you know, within a year of them being drafted. Then there's a couple other guys that could potentially be starters, maybe not have the highest ceiling. But, I mean, we know there's a quarterback problem in the NFL, but part of that problem is Carson Wentz. So not sure he sees a starting role ever again. 
Chase, I did see a Will Levis comparison, his floor being Carson Wentz, his ceiling being Matt Stafford. What do you think about that? You know, I I think that might be fair um, because I think he's going to be given at least a few opportunities to start. Even if it doesn't work out with his first team, it'd have to be like just an absolute monstrosity for him not to get another chance to start, I think. So Carson Wentz type of crew would be fair where he can have a good stretch and maybe um, gets derailed or slows back down. And Matt Stafford, maybe that. Maybe that is the case. Um, I think Matt Stafford's one of the better quarterbacks in the history of the league. So maybe Will Levis will not ever reach that. It seems like it's lofty, but it is possible. Very similar arm strength, very similar when it comes to the actual passing game itself. And it, it really, I guess, Levis, just if he develops more consistency, then I could, I could see that. Yeah, and I'm excited to see him throw this weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. Are you going? I am going. I am going to the oh. NFL Draft Combine down here in Indianapolis. Uh, my dad and I both got passes, so he's coming down Saturday morning. We're going to go Saturday for the quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, and then I'm not sure what time he's leaving Sunday, but I am hoping that I'm going to be able to stop in and see the running backs as well on Sunday. So excited to go. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, I, I'm super jealous. If, if I had a way to make it work this weekend, I'd love to just drive down there and go as well. But unfortunately, I cannot. It's something I've always wanted to do is go to the combine. But unfortunately, my line of work, it's just the timing doesn't never work out. I think I'm going to go in, rock some khakis, a polo, bring my own stopwatch, a little journal with a pen, really look official. And then, hey, if I run into Dan Campbell or Zach Taylor, or, you know, any coach at the combine, just introduce myself. Hey, how you doing? Hey, you, oh, you know peeing? what? Here, here's a great no, idea. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, a great idea here. Um, go to the store. I don't know where you can find one down in Indy, but get either, either a Bengals polo, just just logo on it, nothing crazy. You know, maybe go find a Lions one, whatever the hell team you want to work for. Go buy a bunch of teams, whichever one you decide on that day. Wear it in there, find whoever the coach might be, and just be like, you know, hey, Zach, good to see you again. Um, you know, so he, here's the kind of the list I have up a lot. He's just going to think you're a scout and then it's like I, I don't remember if you have my number or not so here's this and all of a sudden you're an NFL scout okay here's the one problem with with the, doing it with the Bengals is they only have four scouts in their whole organization well now they have five so so maybe I do go with the Lions polo that I, I think I, I think this is foolproof like I, I don't Honestly, know why you wouldn't do it you make a good point and Dan Campbell's gonna be so hopped up on his caffeine that he's not even gonna see my face it's just gonna be blurred with just rage and energy and just everything that he loves kneecaps like he's all over it so he's just gonna see me and think i'm just one of the guys you you just gotta tell him man it really did start with sheila and and you're in <laughs> starts with sheila man <laughs> we, need to, we need to get a cam sound bite so that we can put that we, on the show we do that's a great idea <laughs> all right well um i guess we'll stick with combine real quick just talking about when it starts when you can see certain players play uh thursday you'll be able to see the defensive linemen and the linebackers friday you're going to get the d-backs as well as your special teamers which i know everyone obsessed with those special teamers saturday will be the quarterbacks wide receivers tight ends sunday the running backs and the offensive linemen I think the one bummer up to this point yet, um, Zach Evans, he's got a tweak in his knee, I think it is, so he won't be performing. Bryce Young also won't be performing. And then there was one more player that had something wrong with their back. I can't remember who it was now, but they won't be performing either. 
I can't remember either. I did see that, but I don't remember who it was. I do. Maybe is it Will Levis? No, he's playing. Um, I don't. I don't know. Continue talking. I'll look for it. I'm pretty sure that we're going to be able to see Will Levis, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson all throw this weekend. So I'm super excited for that. I think we know the arm talent of Will Levis and Anthony Richardson when you just watch tape alone. So to see it in person is going to be really cool. Really hoping to see Anthony Richardson line up for that 40-yard dash. Uh, Obviously, a lot of super mobile quarterbacks as of recent haven't gone for the 40-yard dash because if you get a bad time, it's going to hurt you. If you get a good time, it's going to be expected. And if you don't go at all, then, you know, nothing bad can happen. So interested to see there as well. But it's going to be a good time. Uh, Unfortunate that Zach Evans won't be there. Um, I'm sure we're going to at least talk about him a little bit, even if he's not a top 10 running back for us. We're going to probably mention his name at least uh, slightly. So it's going to be a really good time. Looking forward to it. And I think the quarterbacks, just seeing how big those arms are, are going to be fun. Uh, so which names did you say again? You said Zach Evans. Did you say Tyree Wilson? I did not say Tyree Wilson. So Tyree Wilson's one. Did you say Dalton Kincaid? I can't remember. Ah, uh, Dalton Kincaid was the guy with the back, wasn't he? Yeah, so Dalton Kincaid with back. Uh, Tyree Williams had like, wasn't it a, a significant like knee or ankle injury? I can't remember exactly. Um, but yeah, so that, that, that sucks for Tyree Wilson, someone who really had a good opportunity to kind of shoot himself up draft boards even more than he is. Could have been someone who's pushing for that top eight spot, but this injury might kind of, you know, push him down a little bit. I'm trying to get the exact injury. Um, I don't remember what it was. If you want to continue talking, go for it. Yeah, I think I've seen Tyree Wilson in the top 10 of so many mocks as of recent. Uh, Going to be interesting to see how it plays out with his, you know, fellow classmates kind of showing up to the the combine. And if there's any guys out there that just have extreme athleticism and impress, kind of like uh, Walker did last year, then, you know, we could see Tyree Wilson slip down the board because of the injury. I, I do apologize. I That was a very misleading headline. Um, he said he gets huge injury before, um, like, combine, but then you click on the article, it says huge injury update, and it was from his injury in November, so he's good to go. Oh, okay. So whatever source it is, is uh, clickbait, clickbait, get him out of here. Yeah, that was a shame. You know, I, that, that, that's on me. I, I will strive to be better next time. Yeah, be better, Chase. All right, last thing before we hop into our running back discussion, the Bears, they're leaning towards trading the first overall pick. They've already gotten a couple of offers come through. There is talk, uh, there's been talk, there will continue to be talk that do they stick with Justin Fields, trade down, get as many assets as you possibly can, or do you trade Justin Fields, go out and get a Bryce Young, go out and get you know, any of these other quarterbacks that the Bears front office might love. Now, it seems like they're leaning a little bit more towards keeping Justin Fields in Chicago, loading up, putting pieces around him. So if there was a Trevor Lawrence, you know, type of player, or maybe even what Caleb Williams is looking like, if there was that guy who was just bona fide number one, like an Andrew Luck will even say, um, I'd say, you know what, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you trade away Justin Fields for that, but Really, I think Bryce Young's got a got a very good shot to be a very good NFL quarterback. I talked about that in our quarterback ranking. But Justin Fields, I think, has similar upside. So why would you move on from a you know a guy that shown similar upside um unless you're getting a bona fide like proven upgrade? So I'm happy they're doing that. You think that Fields and Bryce Young's upside is right there, neck and neck? 
I don't know if they're like right next to it, but it's a similar type thing where I think both of them can be top end quarterbacks in the league. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I've always been on, on the keep field side and I'm glad that you've, you've come out and said that because we've had a lot of discussions in our Twitter group chat on what should the bears do? Should they keep field? Should they move on? And it seems like I was the only one battling for fields to stay. So to hear you say, you know, it just keep fields. It makes me happy a little bit because now I got someone on my side, but yeah, I wasn't going to bother battling in that. Cause like you guys were typing so fast. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to get any insight in on what I have to say until like the next point of, of them moved on. So like, yeah, I'll just let them figure it out. <laughs> there you go. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens because could there be a potential where we see the bears trade out of the first overall pick and the first overall pick still ends up being the likes of Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, a very talented player, a lot of hype as of recent. I think that at the combine, he's going to look fantastic. I think now I wouldn't put money on it, but I don't think that this is just guaranteed quarterback with whoever may be trying to trade up right now. I think that it's likely but could we see a team trade up just to get Jalen Carter? I think it's possible. It's definitely possible because I can't imagine the Texans wanted to trade back and the Cardinals who said at three, they might not want to trade back either. So whatever team's like, I just want to make sure I get um, Jalen Carter. I want to make sure I get Will Anderson. Mm-hmm. They're my guys. So like that, that's where it's very well possible, but I still say it's like probably 75, 25 leading quarterback. Yeah, I agree. It's much more likely for that quarterback position. We know how important it is in the NFL, but Chase, now is the time. We're going to hop into our 2023 NFL Draft running back rankings. Uh, We usually do top eight. Last year, we did top eight. The year before, we did top eight. This year, we're doing top 10 because this class is a little bit deeper than usual. And Chase, I say we just talk about the last three as well because both Chase and I have 13 running backs with either day one or day two grades, which is insane. Yeah, it, re- it really is, dude. It's, it's super exciting. I, I, I just, I can't wait to talk about this. I'm so ready. Such a good class. Well, Chase, we'll start with your top 10. Go ahead, just list them on down, and then we'll get into the analysis after both of our lists are read. Number one, this might be shocking, but I do have Bijan John Robinson out of Texas. What? I know, I know. I'm sorry. Number two, Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama. Now, here's where things do get interesting. Number three, I have Roshan Johnson out of Texas. Ooh. Number four, yeah, Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State. Number five, Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. Number six, Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. Number seven, Chris Rodriguez out of Kentucky. Number eight, Zach Evans out of TCU. Number nine, Ty J. Spears out of Tulane. And number 10, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. Wow. We do not have the same top 10 whatsoever. Oh. Um, do you want to make any guesses? I talked about how, you know, there's a couple of situations in my list, and you were trying to make guesses a couple of nights ago. Um, do you want to make any guesses on, like, who's the one guy that I think you love that I didn't think I was going to love but still made it? Uh, one of the guys that I just really was not sold on. Any of that? Deuce Vaughn. Deuce Vaughn for what? One or two? One. Okay. And then for two, I'm going to go with Tank Bigsby. Okay. So my list is 
Bijan Robinson, one, obviously. Jameer Gibbs, number two. Pretty pretty obvious there as well. I think I think the top two guys are pretty consensus at this point. Uh, now, number three, I thought for the longest time was going to be Zach Evans. Not the case. It is actually Kendra Miller out of TCU. Oh. Zach Evans comes in at four out of Ole Miss. Zach Charbonnet, number five out of UCLA. Tajay Spears out of Tulane is number six. Roshan Johnson out of Texas, seven. Deuce Vaughn out of Kansas State, number eight. Israel Abanakanda out of Pittsburgh is number nine. And number 10, Tank Bigsby out of Auburn. The guy I wasn't sold on that I thought I might be was Sean Tucker, who sits 12th for me. Yeah, Sean Tucker is pretty close to my um, next guy who's like sitting at number 11. I just slightly lean Sean Tucker. So when this time comes, unless you want to mention him now, our, our, our other three, which I don't know if you want to see if we're on the show now, whatever, doesn't matter. But the, the next guy, he was pretty close. Um, so it was kind of one or the other, and I went the one. We can save the three for after. Um, I do want to talk really quickly. I told you that I had three guys in the middle that were super close to each other. Uh, that being number four, Zach Evans, number five, Zach Charbonnet, number six, Ty J Spears. Uh, you got a five, six, five for Evans, a five, six, two, five for Charbonnet and a 5.575 for Spears. So they're all within, you know, one decimal point basically. So, so mine's out of a one scale. So it's a, it's a three decimal kind of like a, like a hockey save percentage. Yep. So like for, for example, B John's a point nine six zero for me, just, just frame of reference. Um, and then like I can explain what that means when the time comes, but my three, four and five with Roshan, Deuce Vaughn and Zach Charbonnet are all within four thousandths of a point of each other. Okay. Uh, now quickly, I do want to see what of your 10 guys, what of those 10 are in the first round and then in the second round? And then obviously we can assume the others would be in the third round or, or do you go strictly like day two? I go, I go strictly day two, unless it's one who barely misses the cut um, either or barely makes the cut. So my, my two bona fide first rounders are Benjamin Robinson, Jameer Gibbs in terms of talent. And then my, like, you know, the early day two guys would be Roshan um, and Deuce, pure talent-wise, but I understand why he won't go there. And then um, guys that just barely made the cut on the other side included, um, you know, there are three guys that I'm not, they don't haven't talked about, and Sean Tucker was a bit close to that as well. Uh, Bijan Robinson is the only running back that I have going in the first round. Um, although Jameer Gibbs, with the grade that he has, he'd be like pick 34. So. He's, so so it could, you could rationalize it being late first. Yeah, he could he could find his way in there easily. And then I've got Kendra Miller, Zach Evans, Zach Charbonnet, and Tajay Spears, all second rounders, and then Roshan, Deuce, Israel, and Tank, as well as the other three as third rounders. So it's it's a really good class, 13 yeah, deep exciting. for the both of us. But let's just start. Bijan Robinson, he's the consensus number one, I think, for most people. And I think if someone is coming out saying Bijan Robinson isn't the number one, they're just trying to get clicks because it's pretty obvious from film. Like my grade for Bijan Robinson is a whole number, not a whole decimal point, a whole number higher than Jameer Gibbs, who I think is pretty widely known as the consensus number two. Yeah, and it's basically the same thing for me. It, it's it's a so where I have Bijan Robinson is a. Top 10 value, whereas I have Jameer Gibbs ranked as a 
24, 25 through 32 type pick based on his number. So Bijan is safely there. Jameer Gibbs is lower, and I would be fine if Jameer Gibbs slips out of the first round. It would make sense. So Bijan, I would consider taking at almost any draft slot if a team is able to trade up, and that's the one piece they need. Um, so just kind of go up with my insight on, on Bijan. It's basically what I wrote. The ideal NFL purpose back, good speed is his only downfall, as everything else is damn near elite. Cuts well, breaks tackles at a ridiculous rate, can pass block, makes wide receiver level catches. He's the one running back who is truly worth of that top round capital, like I said. Yeah, uh, I put not perfect, but near perfect. Uh, I absolutely love this kid. It felt like any time I was watching his tape, you could see him go into a pile, and you're like, this dude's going to break out of that pile, isn't he? And then there he was, on the other side of the pile, running into the end zone. This guy could break anything. The speed, like you said, it's good. It's not elite. It's not Devon A-chain level speed. But this is still a guy who can post 60-yard touchdowns. I've got no doubt in that. Um, This guy's just so talented all around. My lowest grade for him was speed, and it was still, I think it was like sixth in the class. Which is still yeah. exceptional. Yeah, like my speed. So um, I have him. Looks I don't have the exact rating, but it looks like I have him at about a similar rate. Rate, um, and it's not that he's slow because he can definitely move. I I think he's going to run in the four fours, and who knows? Maybe he even surprises a little bit. But the beauty with him is he's got that very quick get off. So even if he you know has has the tendency to get caught from behind, which he might, especially in the NFL with the way. DBs are kind of changing, becoming more speed-related guys. Um, he has enough of that you know, initial speed, that acceleration, where it's going to cause guys to just delay a little bit, and he still will have the opportunity to break off those big runs. Yeah, he can literally do it all. He is phenomenal when it comes to the passing game, pass protection. He can do that. If he needs to run you over, he'll do that. If he needs to juke you out of your hand or out of your jock strap, there we go. He'll do that out as well. Out of your hands. Out of your, I was going to say out of your hamstring. But <laughs> uh, either way, Bijan Robinson is going to get it done. And I'm so happy I've got the first overall pick in our dynasty league. So that, well, I've got the first 12 overall picks, but so excited <laughs> to get Bijan Robinson in there. Yeah, I've got him coming into two of my dynasty leagues. So I'm also excited. Such a good time. All right, Jameer Gibbs, number two. He's the consensus number two for the two of us. Uh, pretty widely consensus as well. What did you like about him? It's. You know, his pass catching, you know, prom- like promise, like, or is that the promise? I don't even know what's the word I'm looking for. But regardless, his building the pass catching game, like that, that's what it kind of boils down to. It's kind of like a CMC type of prospect when he was coming out where he's such an elite pass catcher. He's a very quality capable runner as well. Um, he's not like super built, but he's also not afraid of contact. He'll drop a shoulder. He'll try to, you know, power through. It's, it's not always going to happen at the NFL level, but he's willing to do it. So as long as he can hold up, you know, that, that'll be nice to have. Um, you know, as I mentioned, he's a great pass catcher back, runs routes well, shifty and speedy. Um, and he surprised me in the pass blocking game from the route I was able to find. Honestly, I thought he was going to be, you know, maybe a little underwhelming because he didn't take a ton of them because he's usually out in routes. But when he did have to do it, he did a good job. So I think he's got a very easy role being an all purpose back for an NFL team. But if not, he will be the best receiving back in the league. Yeah, I, I think Jameer Gibbs is absolutely a three-down back. And 
Uh, I don't want to put a comparison on him, but when it comes to his ability within the run game and pass game, I think you can look at the likes of Kamara and Christian McCaffrey. These are guys that are more known for their ability out of the backfield, but they absolutely can get it done running between tackles, running outside of tackles. That's exactly what I think Jameer Gibbs can do as well. Um, He's a little bit small when you look at like weight-wise, Right now, he's listed at 5'11", 200. I'm guessing he might weigh even a little less when it comes to the combine. But it's a guy who's just so shifty. He knows how to control his speed dial at an unreal level. You'll see him pick it up, really get some burst, and then slow it down to make a make a man miss. And then pick it right back up. The, the control that he has is next level. So also, just one hell of a back. Could have been first round. Could still be first round, obviously. And I think that he's going to be a, a day-in, day-out contributor. Yeah, I'm not going to fault the team for spending a first-round pick on him, as I have him graded. But also, at the same time, even though I haven't graded that way, I got a feeling the way my ranking is going to work out all said and done, I will still probably have like 30 guys out of him. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's talk about your number three. I think the most surprising running back that we've seen, or at least the most surprising ranking, that being... Roshan Johnson out of Texas. Why is he number three? Dude, I, I might be like the highest player on Roshan Johnson that or player. Jeez, the highest person on Roshan Johnson that I've seen. I got, I'm all in. I think almost anywhere in the country, he would have been their starting all purpose back just because he, again, he can do everything. Like he's, if, if BJ weren't there, he'd, he'd have, the you know the first down reps he'd be in, in the passing game he'd be more in the in the run blocking game than he already is he just he's just that dude um, if he was my generational talent as I mentioned um, you know he would be that guy um, sorry I'm just reading through my notes at this point that was just going rambling but mm-hmm. um, he's very high end well around a game for me he's got speed he can cut as you know very patient behind the line he breaks tackles he can catch the ball he engages in blocks it might not be an elite blocker but he's willing to engage and throw guys off enough where it'll help kind of gain that extra yardage if you have a two-back you know system out there you know the the bill is going to help him withstand the nfl physicality which is nice um because he's 6'2 you know 220 plus pounds it, it makes it a bit easier to to hold on to that strength compared to some of the skinnier guys and he can kind of take a little more uh, of a beating and on top of that with his limited college reps he's looked down on almost every like every game he's played in, he's looked very strong and he's going to be nice and fresh going into the NFL. So really it all just depends on, can he handle, you know, all this work? If he gets that opportunity, can he hold up, which I think he can like that. That's really all the only questions for me because we haven't seen it, but I, I think he's got the making to be one of the best running backs in the league. Hey, I like Roshan Johnson a lot too. I have him just out of the second round. He's similar to Jameer Gibbs where he's right on that brink between second and third round. Um, The grade says third round, but if he goes second round, no fault there whatsoever. Uh, I think he's super talented. I think the only reason I don't have him higher than some of these other guys that we'll talk about here soon is I just felt like these other guys had a specific trait, a specific ability where they just excelled and were like top level type of players where I feel like Roshan Johnson, more of an all-round back that might not specialize in something specifically, but is really solid across the board. And the one thing that you said that I love about this guy is his pass protection. It might not be perfect, 
but he embraces it. He embraces the contact with the defensive lineman, with the corner, with the linebacker. Whoever's coming in, he is going to try his damnedest to do a great job in pass protection. Uh, I was also a little bit surprised with how shifty he was. Uh, This is a guy that obviously, with his size, you would think a lot more physical than shifty. He had both. Yeah, it's and that's why I'm so excited because the right opportunity. Yeah, I, I don't know that might like. I like just let's say the Dolphins go in on defense and Roshan's not going to get picked as the third running back off the board. I'm already aware of that. But if he goes to the Dolphins, it, like, that's a team that really needs a running back. Oh man, am I spending high rookie draft capital on this kid? Because that's just like the yeah, opportunity just to be that number one. I I think he would run away with it. Yeah, he's really talented. Um. Now, here's the question, Chase. Do we want to move into my number three, who's not even in your top 10, or shall we talk about guys that we both have in our top 10 for a little bit longer, and then once it gets to the point where we're starting to talk seven, eight, we'll get back into my number three. No, let's go to your number three. Let's try to keep it as one through 10 as possible. All right. My number three, Kendra Miller out of TCU. Absolutely love this kid. And Chase, this is the guy where I said, I'm going to absolutely rip you if he's not in your top 10. Sure enough, he is not. Uh, I don't know if you watched his tape. You might not have because he forced a missed tackle on 90% of his runs. He, like, you just don't see that out of anyone except for the likes of B. John Robinson and Jameer Gibbs. The patience that he showed was unreal. And I look at him very similar to Zach Charbonnet, which we both have as our number five, and we both like a lot, except... The difference between Kendra Miller and Zach Charbonnet, in my eyes, I think similar across the board, but Zach Charbonnet, you see right when he gets the ball, he wants to burst. He wants to hit that hole. He wants to find, uh, you know, something. Whereas Kendra Miller, he's a little bit slower when it comes to actually breaking through the line. He's a lot more patient, but once you see him find that hole, he's got the burst to go through it. And I think that he's not the fastest guy, but... He's fast enough to have a 50-yard-plus run touchdown, which we can't say about the likes of Zach Charbonnet or uh, Tank Bigsby. These are guys who are also maybe not the fastest, but Kendra Miller, he's got that long touchdown over the top of him, so we can't say he's much worse than these guys are when it comes to speed. I think the patience is awesome. The way he breaks tackles, fantastic. He's a willing blocker. And then when it comes to his work in the receiving game, I think it's very similar to Kenneth Walker as of last year where he wasn't asked to do a lot in the receiving game. And so I think a lot of people would bash him for that, but that by no means that he can't catch a ball. We've seen it done, and I I just think this guy is fantastic. You look at the physique, you look at his size, everything about him, I'm a huge fan. So I, I think I mentioned already in the show, I do a one through six or a zero through six scale technically in case for whatever reason you have a zero on something, which nobody really ever does. But um, his size, like measurable scale is a six for me um, because it's a great build for like, running back that you want in the NFL. And when it comes to what you mentioned with speed, I disagree on the Charbonnet thing. I think that Charbonnet is at least equal, if not a little bit better in it. Uh, just I, I think you're going to see it more at the combine of the NFL level. The systems he ran in wasn't necessarily designed for him to be able to just run full speed. It, it, it was just uh, he played a little more bruising role, which he can do just fine. And like he's got that size, but that's I'll save that for when we talk to Charbonnet. Uh, for for Kendry Miller, I just I don't know. I think he's going to be 
a great committee back, uh, would even be good in an AJ Dillon type role where he's the one B to a, a, you know, a very good one a, and could be very useful, but I just don't see really it being at an elite level. I, I don't know. It, it looked, it looked good. It looked NFL level. Uh, I, I just don't know though. If a team takes them in day two, then I've got no problem because that means the team will really give them an opportunity. And right now I have them right on the edge of uh, day two and day three. So if I saw him more of like a, a bigger potential, bigger room to grow type guy, then I would have him up there. But just because I think he's going to get better, but maybe not a ton better, he'll just kind of be the one B roll. I'd rather take a chance on a couple guys I have above him who I think still have more upside. Uh, so Kendra Miller for me is your Roshan Johnson. This is the guy yeah. that I am rooting absolutely the hardest for. Obviously, I'm taking B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs over this guy. But if there's one guy I want to see prove people wrong, and I think there is some doubters because he's only done it one year. TCU, they have this miracle season. Um, I, I, I just want him to have so much success, and I'm super excited for it. And now when I said the thing about Zach Charbonnet and the speed – I have them at similar speeds, actually the same exact speed rating on my scale. Um, I just think that both of these guys, now I will say Charbonnet shows a little bit more burst, but like I said, I think Kendra Miller's more the patient game, going to make someone miss and then go. Um, I think that both of these guys, when you look at their lawn speed, I don't think either of them are really that level. I've got both of them as slower than B. John Robinson. Yeah, that, that's, that's fair. So do I. All right, um, so number four now. Your number four is Deuce, is that right? My number four is Deuce Vaughn. All right, talk oh, about yeah, it. it is. I'm, uh, uh, God, talk about a darling for me. So I know I know the size is going to be a big detriment to his draft capital and to what people think of him. But the production does not lie. Because it, it was just incredible, like best running back production in, in the nation over his college career. Like he was putting up 1800 yards, you know, like 20, 20 plus all purpose touchdown. Like he was just doing everything. He was the reason, you know, that K-State kind of had like any chance of winning football games because he was just absolutely incredible. Um, he's got good speed and, you know, for his size, it's, you know, harder. He's, he's got to keep his legs churning rather than getting more of a push off. So maybe that's a problem, but I think he does have good speed. He's got great agility despite his size. I think he has awesome strength. Um, you know, you, you would hope you see guys be like 200 plus pounds, pounds as a running back. But what he do is like his height compared to weight. He's still built pretty similar to, to the other guys, just a lot smaller. So he's willing and does get physical with the running game and is he's able to truck guys over like he's done it in college. I think he's an awesome pass catcher as well. He surprised the hell out of me in the pass block games. I've always just seen, you know, the clips of him making big plays and watching K-State games where he like makes, you know, makes those types of plays. But when I did see him in the pass block game, like, like he held up well, he held up, you know, edge rushers, he held up defensive backs. Like he did significantly better than I expected. And as I mentioned, the high end college production, I think that, Somebody should give him an opportunity to be a number one. Um, you know, maybe don't give him 300 touches a year, but if you can get him like 240 a year and then have like a good spell back, you know, so like get him like a 70, 30% share, I think he would be like the anomaly. Like how Kyle Pitts is the unicorn for tight ends based on his incredible measurables. Deuce Vaughn's, you know, a unicorn just in a different way. Yeah, I think that we're going to 
have similar thoughts on Deuce Vaughn. I don't have him as high as you do. Um, I I don't think that he can be that number one, you know, true workhorse back um, that you think, you know, there's there could be that potential. Um, I don't necessarily have him there, but, I mean, the guy's got that dog in him. I literally put in my notes, has that dog, loves to be physical, even though his frame doesn't necessarily lend him any help with the uh, physical aspect of the game. Super dangerous in the passing game. I think that this guy is going to be the premier pass catching back. And while I was doing my grading, I was thinking, man, where could Deuce Vaughn go? Have a nice timeshare where both of these guys are utilized super heavily. Looking at, you know, something like an A.J. Dillon or something. And then I thought, what a perfect spot to go join the second year player in Damian Pierce. A little mm. thunder, a little lightning down in Houston. I think that would be so much fun because Damian Pierce has shown a lot of promise in his rookie year. However, I don't think most people see him as that true three down back. So Brennan Deuce Vaughn, have them split 50-50. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. It's a great idea. Give them both 50-50% um, you know, like snap share. Maybe, maybe give um what, what's his nuts at this point? Damian Pierce more um, rushing attempts, but you know, just pepper, um, you know, Deuce with with the with the pass catching role. Like put him in the screen game, and I, I think we see two guys that could both have eleven, twelve hundred plus all purpose yards. Like le- legitimately, if that would be one of the best running back duels in the league because they're so opposite. And if you put them both on the field at the same time, teams would be like, all right, what the hell are they doing? And you could really throw off some defenses. So I I think that's a great idea, Mike. And imagine. With their second overall pick, they get a Bryce Young, or let's just say he goes one. Maybe they go Anthony Richardson. You have a little read option with the two backs and the quarterback. Oh, that could be it. That could be a fun, fun offense. Yeah, uh, uh, dude, uh, bring, bring the triple option to the NFL. Like, uh, even if it's not not you know a full on like what we saw in um, in Georgia Tech for all those years, but bring it on as as something that they would do in like in twenty thirty percent of their plays because. It would be effective if they had Anthony Richardson and and these two. That would be incredibly effective. I still want them to get Bryce Young, the Texans, that is, because I think that's a really good fit. But if he does go one and they can't get up there, I would love for them to take, take Sean Anthony Richardson instead of the others. That that would be perfect, especially if they went out and got a guy like Deuce Vaughn. Mm-hmm. All right, let's now talk about my number four, that being Zach Evans. Can you remind me where you had Zach Evans? He was in your top ten, right? Yes, he was. He was my number eight. Okay. So Zach Evans, he was a guy that I had a lot of hope for coming out of high school. Um, however, he had a lot of immaturity. By the way, by the way, I want to reel it back. I just remembered I said Zach Evans out of TCU. I kind of kind of forgot he went to Ole Miss. Nice. Um, <laughs> but Zach Evans coming out of high school, he had a lot of immaturity. He was committed to Georgia at one point. That obviously fell through. He went over to TCU, left TCU on a bad note. Then he goes over to Ole Miss. And he doesn't even get the full starting role. Now, uh, it's, is it Quinshon, Quinshon Judkins? Quinshon Judkins, dude. Oh, man. Talk about my favorite Devi player. Oh, man. I love his game. Judkins anyway, was absolutely fantastic, but a third or a three star running back, not necessarily someone you would think would dethrone Zach Evans. But again, he played at an unreal level. I still worry about Zach Evans and his immaturity. It's a real issue. I am 
worried that there could be a situation where he goes to a team, he, you know, tries hard, but he gets beat out, and then he's just one of those guys that's like, all right, I want to request a trade. And just nothing works out for him. So that's a real worry for me. But when you look at the player himself, I think he's so talented. He is fantastic when it comes to speed, agility, even though he's not seen as, you know, a typical power guy at six foot two fifteen, he can put his shoulder down. He can break some tackles with his physicality. I think the catching is super underrated on this guy as well. Pass block, I think he could, you know, use some improvement there. But I think all round, this is a guy who can be your your day in, day out, three down running back. The biggest issue for me right now is not the actual game. It's the he- the the mental side of the game. And I think that is fair. Um, there's fair questions to be had. And I, I agree with a lot of those. I still, you know, I have his talent as a day two back, as we mentioned, um, because I think all the talent is there. I think the speed, the agility, the strength, the, the breaking tackle, the elusiveness, the, um, you know, I, I think that's all there. I just, you know, I, I do question the immaturity a bit. Um, I question a little bit pass blocking um, and I, pa- I question him in, in the receiving game as well. So, I don't know if he's, you know, that all purpose back, that kind of dude, but I do think that he has a ton of talent. He's a very quick runner. Um, it really just kind of, kind of what, what it comes down to is that immaturity and the upside does question me a little bit. And it, it, here's this. Good John Dawkins had a great freshman campaign. He had a, you know, a hell of a breakout. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's someone who's going to be a very good NFL back down the road. Still got to wait for at least two more years of college football. But I think he's got that in him. Regardless, it is concerning that, you know, you keep in mind, um, part of Zach Evans went to Ole Miss was that he was told by recruiters that he would not be used um, as a workhorse. They would keep him healthy, um, send him to the NFL, but they would still give him give him use and make him kind of their running back one. And by the end of the year, Quinton Judkins was clear and above their, their number one running back. He, he was the better of the two players. And it's more credit to Judkins for stepping stepping up. But at the same time, uh, Evans, the fact that he lost that role, it's also a little worrisome. So I do have questions if he can handle the maturity. Um, if he doesn't get that, you know, starting role right away, what what might happen? I, I agree. So I just I would mitigate risk and keep him lower in my rankings and spend you know a third round pick on him instead of a second. Yeah, a lot of his grades for me are pretty high, but when you look at his notes, it's almost all negative. I wrote so so talented, can do it all but immaturity is a real issue. He also got beat out as the starter on two different teams. It, it worries me. And it's, it's hard to, I'm rooting for the guy, but I'm really worried that there could be that situation where he gets beat out and he's done. He loses it. He does not have that confidence. He doesn't have that uh, drive to be that guy. So that worries me a bit, but Hey, I'm rooting for him. I hope everything works out. Me too. I'm, I'm at the end of the day, I'm a very pro player um, type of guy. We're a very pro player podcast, um, especially when it comes to the NFL, because it's such a short career you have in the, in this profession. So we're always going to be rooting for guys unless they really give us a reason not to root for them. Yeah. And Derek Carr, he's coming to Indianapolis. Not, not as, not as the quarterback. Yeah. But I, I, I did see that coming out, out to the combine. Maybe I'll hit him up. Just be like, what up DC? How you doing brother? And uh, hang out for the for the whole weekend. We'll see what happens. But 
It's going to be cool. He's going to be talking to some teams. Maybe I'll talk to some teams too. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, you, you should. You might as well say, hey, you can hire me as a scout or you can hire me as a tight end, whichever one you want to do. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's talk about both of our number fives, that being Ozak Sir, Charbonnet. I I know I told you before, we might have even talked about it on the show, not the show, and I don't know if you remember, but I said it multiple times. I wish Zach Charbonnet came out of the draft last year because he would have been a guaranteed top three running back selected yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. He had a hell of a campaign his junior year, and he had the build. He had everything he wanted, but he decided to go back for reasons unknown from to me. Maybe something came out and I never saw it, but nonetheless, he did go back. Nothing you can change now. That talent is still there. Nothing has changed. I think he has more speed than people give him credit for. I think he's going to run well. It'll be in the four fours. I'd be shocked if it's not. Um, you know, the side-to-side agility is – it's fine for me. Um, it's above average, but it's not anything I consider elite. But when it comes to his strength, when it comes to his, his break tackle ability, when it comes to, in my opinion, his vision, I think his vision is better than yours, and those other factors that I mentioned are pretty high-end for me. I just think he's a very safe kind of can't-miss running back. Not can't-miss at, like, you know, high-end type guy. Not like a Connor Bernard in hockey world. He's a can't-miss prospect because he's going to – score a thousand points but like he's a can't miss because i think he's just he's going to be an alpha running back and I, it doesn't matter if he's a starter or if he's part of like a rotational like piece he, he's going to be an alpha running back because he's got exactly what you want um you know in terms of his build in terms of his ability i i think he is gonna have to be number one and i think he would have had that opportunity like last year if he would have went to atlanta if he entered the draft that would have been borderline my rb1 for for dynasty so hopefully he gets an opportunity to go kind of be that number one or at minimum the top guy in a committee. Yeah, I like Charbonnet a lot. I don't know if I like him as much as you do with all that uh, Love, dude. With all that being said, but um, he's a really talented guy. And I think that the one thing I will say that I had a little bit of a gripe with, and it's not even a gripe, um, was like I mentioned with Kendra Miller, how he's a little bit more patient, whereas Zach Charbonnet, once he gets that ball in his hands, he's flying out of there. There were a couple of times where he was just too quick and missed the hole. It's not a vision issue. It's just he was trying to get out so quick that as he was about to reach that hole, he stumbled on a lineman's legs or he hit the side of his lineman and fell backwards. There were a couple of times where I just saw him kind of run into a wall and the hole was right there. It's just he flew out too quickly. Um, that was one of my gripes with him, but overall I've got him as a mid round two type of guy. I think that he can yes. very much have a Leonard Fournette type of career where, you know, for five, six, seven years, he's going to be in that starting running back conversation. So I think this guy's really talented and he's a guy that I'm surely going to be looking for in dynasty, uh, depending on, you know, the situation that he goes to, but overall really solid back. Yeah, and going off of that Leonard Fournette thing, I think that's a, a kind of great career comp because I think it'll be the same thing. Like Leonard Fournette's going to get a job again this year, like, even though he's not going to probably be a go-to guy. He's still going to be on a roster. And as I mentioned, Zach Charbonnet, he's just going to consistently be rostered as long as he's healthy. He's going to have a you know a, a great type of career as a starter if he gets that opportunity. I really do think. And then regardless, you know, he might go into his thirties as a committee type guy. And if, if Leonard Fournette was not as high of a draft pick as, as he was. 
everyone would say he was a fantastic draft pick, great value, but he ended up going super high. So he's like, all right, that, that probably wasn't a great pick. But if he went where Zach Charbonnet is going to go, everyone would, would think it was a hell of a pick and a steal. All right, Chase, who is your number six? My number six is, sorry, it's so, uh, Tank Bigsby. All right, let's talk about Tank. Let's talk about Tank. You have a number eight, correct? I have him number 10. Oh, that's right. You're a hater. My bad. I've got Roshan as, or no, I got Deuce as my number eight. Oh, that's right. So Tank, um, he's got very good measurables. He's, a, you know, at six foot. He's above 210. So that's a good combo to have. Um, I think he's got good overall speed. Uh, maybe not anything special, but definitely good overall speed. I think he's got some, you know, solid shiftiness behind the line when it gets, it gets an open space, maybe not as much, but when it comes to maneuvering guys that are kind of coming in, uh, uh, you know, pushing up the line of scrimmage, I think he maneuvers there a little bit better. He's got great uh, break tackle abilities, very strong. I think he's a better pass catcher than some people might really notice. I think he's useful in the passing game as a blocker as well, too. So really the concern I can understand people have is going to come down to a bit of an underwhelming college production type thing and maybe not necessarily super elite one way or the other, but I do think it's, it's kind of similar to what your thoughts were on who, I don't remember who the hell it was anymore. Maybe it was, well, I gotta look at my rankings. I, I don't know, but whoever you, I can't remember whoever you said it was that like you had as just like all around, maybe not like high end, like no high end trait. I think it's a similar type of thing. Um, I, I do think that, day two and second round specifically is where he should go. Um, I, I hope it's to a team with an running back opportunity. I mean, as it is with literally everybody in this draft class, but the reality is there's not going to be everybody in this draft class going to a little bit legitimate RB, um, you know, starting position. So hopefully tank can at least get an opportunity being a one B. I think he would have a ton of success in that role. Yeah, this is a guy where I've got a day three, not a day three, excuse me, a round three grade on him. Um, I think he's pretty solid overall. I agree with you. Pass block, I think he's really, uh, really well suited there. However, you mentioned break tackle and catching. I think he's really good at breaking tackles, catching. You know, he's a little underrated. Um, I, I don't necessarily see him as great in either of those categories, but, but with a caveat. And I, I think that you might not agree with this, but I think you'll at least like to hear it from me. Um, I put in all capitals for his notes, so inconsistent. Because 20% of his plays, he looks like he could be in line for the RB2 or RB3 in this draft class. He looks so good in 20% of his plays. The other 80%, he just puts his head down and runs into three guys. He, he doesn't try to make a move. He doesn't try to uh, get away from defenders. He'd rather just put his head down and try to pick up the three yards that he might be able to get. And that frustrates me because I see what he can do when he's at the top of his game. There's, there's moments where he looks better than Zach Charbonnet. He looks better than Zach Evans. Looks better than Kendra Miller. There's There's... A couple of plays out there where you could argue he looks better than the likes of Jameer Gibbs. But I don't yeah. see that all the time, and and it frustrates me. So I've got him as a third-round guy. I think that if he can find that game and really push it to that next level, be that guy for for even 60%, rather than you know a whole 100, we're only getting about 20% right now. If we can get it for at least 60%, I think this guy could be just... Insane. 
but because we only see it so often, in my opinion, he's my RB10. He's a mid-third-round grade. I think he's talented. I just want to see more consistency. So he'll be drafted above where you have him ranked unless something shocking happens at the combine, I will safely say. But he also might be drafted below where I have him ranked. I think he was probably that running back seven for eight for a lot of teams because of that inconsistency, as you mentioned. I do agree. I don't think the number is as big as it is where it's 20 to 80. I think it's more, um, you know, 40, 60. And that's in line with the college production for me. If he was more consistent, if he was on the plus side of that, he would have better numbers. He would have a better average. But it was a little inconsistent. Um, I, I just... I, I am such a believer in this talent. I was a big fan of him when I remember watching like high school tape on him, like just seeing some highlights. And I was like, oh, this guy's gonna be awesome in college. And he started to show some real life of being that dude. And it's changed a little bit, um, underwhelmed a little bit in terms of production, but you can see all the talents there. Just get a good enough RB coach to make sure he can kind of maintain that consistency and he's gonna go off. All right, let's move on to my number six, that being Tajay Spears out of Tulane. Did you have him in your top top ten? I can't remember. Yes, I had him at number eight. I want to double check. Yeah, number eight. No, okay. wait. Nope. No, I lied. Number nine. Tajay Spears, uh, a a big riser right now because what he was able to do at the likes of the Shrine Bowl and just a, a super talented player. However, not a big market with it being Tulane. However, I think this guy's really good across the board. I mean, speed, I think, is above average. Agility, I think he's up there with some of the shiftier backs in this draft class, even though he's not the biggest guy at 5'10", 195, I think he's similar to the likes of Deuce Vaughn where he embraces that contact. Now, he doesn't always win it because he's a little bit smaller. He's not as small as Deuce, but he embraces that contact. I think he's really good when it comes to breaking tackles, when it comes to his receiving ability. I do have a bit of a gripe with his pass block, but I just such a big fan of this kid. He's so slippery. Uh, you think that you might have him, and then he's gone. He just slipped out of your hands. So this is a guy that I like a lot. So you want to hear my first point on him in my notes? Sure. I said Barry Sanders light question mark. Oh, him. don't say Cause that because Graham's going to freak out. I know he is. But if you go back and watch Barry Sanders' best runs, and then you go watch Ty J. Spears' best runs, they're identical. What he does is, a, you know, a shifty runner is impeccable. You see him, you know, what, most running backs, you want them only moving forward. Like, you can move forward, you can move sideways a bit, but keep going forward. Don't run back. Don't try to make plays because that's when you lose yards. Not Ty J. Spears. He doesn't lose yards. He goes. He's patient. He'll he'll shift back. Um, he sees kind of waits for the play to come more towards him. Finds a hole and he takes off. He turned so many small plays into big plays because of that. I remember one specifically. It was going to be about a five-yard loss turned into a six yard game that I saw and it, he dodged at least six defenders and and routes getting there. It was just incredible. So if he can have that success in that role behind the line of scrimmage being, you know, that mobile, being able to move it like that, he's going to be an NFL superstar. That upside is legitimately there, but we don't see a lot of guys have that success at the NFL level because defenders are smarter. Edge rushers are starting to get involved in the pass game more and more. Those guys tend to have more speed. They can get the backfield better. Defensive tackles are getting way more athletic. So we, we don't see that very, very often. Because the guys that do try to do that end up losing yards. If he finds a way to make it work, I mean, I, I think top three running back in the league, legitimately. But I got to see him find a way to make that work before I can kind of boost him up a little more. So with my grade, I have him right there with Zach Evans, Zach Charbonnet. I think he's going to be a mid-second round guy 
where do you have him going? Are you are you more third round type of type of guy? No, I have him as late second, early third, like just kind of okay. right in that range. And again, it's just because we've never seen or not never, but like we haven't seen it in a, in a while. A guy succeed that well behind the line of scrimmage. So like it concerns me because if he if he can't make it work, I think he's going to be kind of useless. Um, so I really hope that it does work out for him. But late day two, early day three, a team that's willing to let him do those types of things, give him the patience to kind of figure that out. I think it could have a big payoff. And it's really fun to see. And I'm glad that we got to see Spears really do well in the likes of like the Shrine Bowl and stuff, because this wasn't a guy who was initially on our list. And eventually we hear more about him. He makes the list. And sure enough, He's in both of our top tens, similar to a Roshan Johnson. Now, he was always on the list. We're always going to take a a peek at him, but he's been getting a lot more hype recently, and he makes our top ten as well. So um, guys that aren't necessarily seen as the premier backs coming into the scouting process really now starting to get some love. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, before we move on to our next player, it's this time of year, you see a lot of players start rising because of that, because they do well at these bowl games, because they do well at the combine and because their athletic ability. One of the positions you really see it happen to work out at is running back. So when these guys become risers later in the process, it, it don't, you know, don't be like, Oh, they're, they're just getting the, the combine hype. They're getting this extra game film hype. They, you know, all this type of junk. It, it's got a decent tendency to work well with running backs. So just, Believe it. Give them a shot, please, somebody. All right, next up, Chase, who do you have? And is it number seven? or Because for me, cool. I've only got one more player to talk about that's actually in my top ten. So Tajay was your number six there, correct? Yes. So, yeah, I got my number seven. And my number seven is Chris Rodriguez, who I don't do you. I don't know if you have him ranked in your first three rounds, which he is not makes me a little upset because I think he's like a ton of fun to watch. Is he going to be like that just ultimate dude where like, he's going to kind of kind of be a number one and be given the reins? Probably not, but I think he's going to be one of the premier one B uh, rotational guys in the league. Like I think so many guys in this class could be, as long as you're given the opportunity, it's the same thing with Chris Rodriguez because he is well-rounded. He could have some better speed. That's really my only gripe with him. I think he's got fine agility. I think he's awesome when it comes to the strength part of the game, which is, you know, like, like just his build, his toughness, um, the, what's it called, the breaking tackle ability, um, pass blocking. I think he's above average. I think he, again, is another type of guy who doesn't get enough credit in the pass catching game. I just, I think that really when, when it comes to everything, you know, all the factors, his ball carrier vision, his his college production, he's just he's just good. He's just good at football. Uh, yeah, Chris Rodriguez, I've got as a fourth, fifth round fringe type of guy. I think when it comes to the traits across the board, I think he's pretty average except for the likes of his strength, his pass block. I love his pass blocking. I think vision's pretty good as well. And I think that we think similarly when it comes to what his value could be at the next level. Um just we just have him graded a little differently because I put in here that he reminds me a lot of the likes of Jamal Williams or Samaje Pirine, the guy that isn't necessarily a starting running back, but he's a fantastic RB2, really good at pass production, a guy who can consistently pick up 
four to five yards. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys who can pick up 20-yard gains. But four or five yards every time he takes a run, I think that's him. I think he could be the premier running back two in the league. But I just don't see the upside of running back one potential. And that's why he doesn't make it for me. I've got a bunch of other guys here that I could potentially see making that running back one case. Whereas Chris Rodriguez, I never saw that for him. So that's why he's down in the fourth round for me. But again, he's consistent. He's really good in the pass block game. And I think he could take on a Jamal Williams-like role. He would thrive in the Jamal Williams role, like 100%. Almost anywhere he goes, he would thrive in that role. And I think he's got that number one running back upside for a team. I really do. It's just, you know, I, I think if he's a number two, maybe he's a... 1,010 touchdown guy, 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns, um, all-purpose. And if he's a number one, I think he can be 1,312 all-purpose. I, I think it's it's very similar production, whether he's the 1A or 1B. So maybe being in a timeshare will help him. Maybe you know being in a 50-50 with another talented back will help him. Maybe him even getting the 60-40 would help. But I, I think it's another guy who, barring going to a bad situation, should be a safe type of player for the NFL. And so with Chris Rodriguez not being in my 13 players that I believe are worth a day one or day two grade, I'm excited to see which player of mine that you don't have a day one or day two grade on. And we'll talk about that here when we finish our rankings. But my very last running back on my list, because Roshan Johnson's my seven, Deuce Fawn's my eight, Tank Bigsby's my 10. So the only one I have left is at number nine, Israel Abanacanda out of Pittsburgh. This is a super fun player. I didn't really expect much. I knew a lot of people were secretly high on him, but I'm surprised at how much I liked him. 5'11", 215. I think he's got really nice speed um, for the size that he does carry. I think agility is there. I think the strength could be a touch better, but isn't bad by any means. He was breaking tackles a lot, and once he broke a couple of tackles, I mean, he was gone. This was a guy that could really move, really get to that next level. was excited about that. I thought his vision was great. Now, I wasn't a big fan of his pass block. When it comes to his catching ability, too, I was a little bit unsure of that, but I think he's a very very well-rounded runner who can put his head down and make a man miss. So this is a guy that I think could be that running back one type of potential. Whereas like we just mentioned with Rodriguez, I don't see that ceiling for him. I see that ceiling with the Banacanda. Yeah. I've got him late day two, top half of day three, like top half of like round four. So he is my running back 12 on this. And it's definitely not a slight by any means. You know, I got him one of my C2C leagues, he was on my college team, so he'll be coming over to my um, pro roster, and I'm super excited because I do believe in his talent. I I, I think that he can be very good. Um, it's just speed wasn't overwhelming for me. The um, you know agility wasn't overwhelming for me. Um, I thought he could have been a little bit stronger, but I did think he um, was able to evade break tackles better than I expected. He was willing to block, and he had good college production. So that kind of mix of things. Um, on top of what I thought his patience was uh, behind the line of scrimmage, I think he can be like a very nice piece in a backfield, but I just don't think he'll ever be that guy. Ooh, that's where you're wrong, my friend. But, uh, well, I, I think he's going to be, I think he can be a good, like, rotation piece. I just, don't, I don't see like an RB1 upside, is what I'm trying to say. But you see it in Rodriguez. 
I do see it in Chris Rodriguez Jr. Interesting. He is great. Anyone watching right now, go watch Abanacanda. Go watch Rodriguez and let us know down in the comments. What do you think? Um, do do either of these guys. Maybe, maybe you think neither of these guys are good running backs at all. Let us know down in the comments. But, Chase, you've got one remaining running back in your top ten. And I think that's at the ten position, is it not? It is at the ten position. So, Sean Tucker, I expected more out of. I still think mm-hmm. he's worthy of a day two pick. Um, and the, I, I said this. Um, like, I don't remember if I said it on the show or not. But like when I when you told me this type of thing, I guessed over the phone or like over text. So like, why do you hate Sean Tucker so much? Were, were you like shit? He knows. I wasn't like shit. He knows. I was just like, I mean, I'm not gonna just expose it but yeah i mean i i thought i would love him a lot more just not the case yeah it sucks um you know a Syrac- syracuse running back is a a weird thing because like you don't see a ton of them at the nfl level um i think he, you know he had good college success but when it comes to like everything else um you know his height to weight ratio his speed his agility his strength his break tackles catching ability all of that is just like yeah, you know, it, 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 he has it, but is it, like, special? Is it, like, even closer to high end, or is it more just like, yeah, you know, solid? I think it's more like that. But I, I think he doesn't have a flaw in his game, which is what really helps him. Um, I think he is also a very good pass blocker compared to a lot of this class, too. That's the one thing I have going. Maybe he's better adding 20 pounds becoming a fullback. I, I don't know. But I, I think it's just – nothing elite, nothing necessarily high end either, but also no hole in his game. Yeah. He's my RB 12, um, actually tied for the RB 12 spot with the guy I have listed as number 13. Um, both of these guys, if they're one point less, one decimal point less, they're in day three for me. They just snuck into day two. Um, I think this is a guy where I, I looked at his frame coming into the year, and I looked at a couple of his runs from last season, and I thought that this was going to be a little bit more physical of a runner. He's not that physical. I think he's better uh, when it comes to, you know, being elusive or helping out in the pass game. And just overall, similar to what you said, like he's not great anywhere. I just have don't love him as much as I thought I would. Solid in the pass game. His strength is not impressive. That's what I put down. So really the only way that I would spend like a, a dynasty pick on them. So put, put this in terms of, you know, people that might not watch the film, but play fantasy football, maybe even play dynasty. I would, I don't even know if I draft him as my RB 10 dynasty. I might, like in, in even just this class, not just an RB 10, you know, in general, but in this class, I, I probably just flat out pass unless he goes to a situation and they say, yeah, we're giving him 350 touches. Be ready. And then they're like, okay, I guess I'll take a shot on that. But really almost any situation, I'm just like, eh, I, I, I don't know. I, I got, I, I'll just let someone else take him. So in the past three weeks, I have done five rookie mock drafts. And for those of you that don't know, I have 12 of 12 First round you said picks. that earlier in the show. Stop bragging. And of the four of five rookie mock drafts I've done in the last three weeks, Sean Tucker was one of those top 12 picks. The only one he wasn't was after I watched film. I am not taking him in my top 12. Like, unless he goes, like, first round and a team's going to give him everything, which won't happen. 
but he's just not there anymore, in my opinion. I, I wanted so much more out of him. Can I add something to that first round thing? Sure. Clyde Edwards Lair. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't always matter. Yeah. That, that, that's that's really my all my point is on that one. <laughs> I mean, I've always said in Dynasty, you go for the talent over the position. And that's one thing that I fell into last year. Um, I took the likes of, gosh, who is it now? I think it was like a running back late. I don't even remember. But I took him over, oh, it was James Cook. I took James Cook over George Pickens and over Damian Pierce. And I liked Pickens and Pierce better than Cook as prospects. And sure enough, uh, I mean, Cook's not a bad player. He's no longer on my team anymore either, though. So uh, I'm, I'm really going value over position now, and it's going to be great because now I've got the grading system installed, and I know what guys I want. Yeah, I'm happy to evolve the grading system because mine, I swear, you know, you're always, there's always misses, and generally there's more misses than hits. But I feel like I've – my guys that I've been, like, darlings fans on, how my grades worked out, have worked out pretty well over the last few years since I developed this. So – I'm happy you got there so you can kind of compare yours and see how it works out. But you'll notice um, it, it just it makes it a lot easier for you to kind of understand instead of just be like, yeah, this guy's good. I, you know, I'll put him here instead of just, you know, like you get an actual quantity, you know, like a quantitative number to kind of compare where they should go. It, it just makes things like so much easier. All right, Chase, go over your top 10 one more time. I'll go over mine and then we'll talk about those three players on the outside looking in. Very briefly, I know we've probably mentioned a couple of them already. So, uh, top ten: Bijan Robinson at one, Jameer Gibbs at two, Roshan Johnson at three, Deuce Vaughn at four, Zach Charbonnet at five, Tank Bigsby at six, Chris Rodriguez at seven, Zach Evans at eight, Ty J Spears at nine, Sean Tucker at ten. And I've got Bijan Robinson one, Jameer Gibbs two, Kendra Miller three, Zach Evans four, Zach Charbonnet five. Tajay Spears, 6, Roshan Johnson, 7, Deuce Vaughn, 8, Israel Abanakanda, 9, and Tank Bigsby, 10. So I, I have to assume, actually, no, you said that Kendra Miller was was fringe, so he might be in day 3 for you. So talk about the three guys that you have as day 2 guys. So I mentioned one when we talked about Izzy. I mentioned he was in there, so I do have him as a guy that I would think is worthy of a second round pick if he goes in the third then or the third I mean excuse me worthy of the round pick if he goes in the fourth then you know I, I think that's also fair too uh the guy I have at number 11 surprisingly enough I kind of didn't expect it um and maybe I don't trust it if I go back and watch more because I really didn't expect it is Eric Gray um you know I, I thought he was just well well balanced as a runner I thought he was a violent runner which I, I like seeing that too um but when it comes to like just being a lead in something again of them, his violence. I, I don't, I don't think it's there, but I think he has upside to be a number one back. I would also assume he's just going to be a better committee back though. So someone taking him in the fourth round, fifth round, I think it's perfectly fine too. It's, I kind of have him, you know, closer to the edge. Like I have him as a late day two pick instead of like a, just a flat out day two pick. Um, and then outside of that, Chase Brown, another guy that I have for my college team going over to my NFL team. I I liked him a lot this year. I thought he had a you know a very strong you know college football season. You know his numbers backed that up too. He's one of my few guys that got a perfect production grade. Um, three or four of them I did did in total. And he's just my you know my opinion patient. 
good speed, um, strong college production, great ball carry vision and patience. Um, I, I think that's among the best in the class. But his frame, like it's just it's weird to me. Um, I've seen guys with that type of frame not really be able to hold up because, like, you know, he's got height and weight, but he just like he looks small to me for some reason. I, I don't know why it just it just appeared the way to me. Like I, I don't know if that's truly his height and weight. I think he might come in smaller and lighter at the combine, and it might be a little underwhelming, but I can see why someone might have him in their top 10 and have him as an earlier day two pick. I have him as a late day two, uh, early day three. Yeah. Chase Brown. He's uh he's that first running back outside of day two for me. Uh, I even have him over your boy, Chris Rodriguez. Um, but you said Eric gray day two. Yeah. I, it, I, don't, I don't know why it just kind of happened. Don't doubt yourself, brother. Cause I do too. I was a big fan of Eric Gray as well. Um, <laughs> I've got him same rating as Sean Tucker, where uh, he, he's really that fringe guy between third round and fourth round. I did like him, though, um, enough to be a day two grade. And the only other guy that has not been mentioned that was in my top 13 is Devon A-Chain. I think this is a guy who, coming into his tape, I was not excited whatsoever. I thought, no shot in hell. I'm actually thinking this guy's going to be a good player. All he is is speed. But I was a little bit wrong on that. I put in my notes, very polarizing, insane speed and agility. Everywhere else just feels average. Right team, and he could be insane. And the one player I thought of, this guy didn't have the longest career at very high top end, but he was an absolute blazer when he was with Tennessee that being CJ2K, I think that A-Chain has that potential where if he goes to the right system, I don't know if he's a RB1. Uh, there's a reason that I have him very low in the third round, but with the speed that he possesses, the agility and shiftiness that he possesses, I think if he goes to the right system, someone will be able to make him work. Yeah, I've got him like later, day three, someone that, I'd rather draft other players like six late fifth, early six. That's fine. But really it, it just kind of seems like one of these gimmicky type of running backs, you know, like look at Kenny Wong from last year. He went in the fourth round. Someone that like, is like, really? He went in the fourth round and it was all in the premise of speed. I think it's the same type of thing. He's going to get overdrafted because of his speed, which is, you know, it's, it's very good, but I think he's more in line to be, give him. 50 carries on the year like maybe he can break off one or two but he'll be just much better off as a returner i think um it's just everything else it's just like i don't see this being a quality running back in the nfl all right last but not least who is your lowest rated running back that you graded i graded 18 it's devon Chain. oh really okay yeah uh um because there's a couple guys that like I've watched before and I didn't even bother grading right now because I knew where they would be. So there's going to be guys lower than him. So just, I just want to say that, but like, you know, so some of the guys that I have didn't watch like Travis die, Kenny McIntosh, um, Marshawn Lloyd, they were just guys that I've seen before. And I kind of already know they're going to be lower than that. So I just didn't even bother right now. Yeah. Uh, I graded 21. My lowest was Mayan Williams out of Ohio state. Um, but in the notes, I put Doug Martin. <laughs> could Mayan <laughs> Williams be Doug Martin? Yeah, I mean, Doug Martin didn't have a very long career, but Mayan Williams, a little bit smaller guy, but he's got that straight line, um, decent speed and ability to hit people. But uh, he is 
he's a, a day six, day seven type of guy for me. He's really low. Day six, day seven, man. Or, he's he's <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's going in the thirty second round of the exactly. NFL draft. You get it. Oh, that's funny. All right, well, that's going to do it for the show. I want to thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Uh, if you want to stay up to date with all that we do, you can follow us on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. That's again on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. If you are listening on YouTube, if you could please give us a like, comment, subscribe, hit the bell to turn on notifications. Let us know what you think about the top 10 running backs in this upcoming draft class. Whether you want to bash on our list or you want to give your own list, please let us know down below. I would love to see your list. If you're listening on a podcast platform, if you could please give us a follow and a five-star rating, I would absolutely love you for it. We got wide receivers next. It's going to be a great time. Thanks so much for coming by. And as always, we're not professionals. Professionals.